Dad, Billy invited me over for a podcast. Can I go do a podcast with Billy? Please, 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 please. Okay, what podcast? It's Schmanners. Hello, Internet. I'm your husband host, Travis McElroy. And I'm your wife host, Teresa McElroy. And you're listening to Schmanners. It's extraordinary etiquette. For ordinary occasions. Hello, my dove. Hello, dear. How are you? I'm well. How are you? Oh, I'm good. Thank you. I love these business transactions. <laughs> oh, what a week. What a week. Hey, what hey a guys. World. Yeah? We're talking about slumber parties. We are. And I want to preface this right up front mm-hmm. because I've seen a lot of discourse happening in the uh, Ethernet space, the online world, as the kids call it. Um, they, and, that's what they call it? No. Okay. And the thing about it is, is it has become a controversial topic. And I think that this is a thing that I fully understand now as a parent because anytime you send your kid off into the world... Uh, without you there, it is a terrifying lack of control. Um, and especially at a young age, getting a bunch of kids together, the opportunity for things to happen that you would not want to happen in your own home. I understand that completely. But I also understand the other side where it's like, well, but it, if you, you know, trust your kids and you have taught them how to deal with situ- it's what we are talking about now is the concept, the idea. Uh, of the slumber party. Not about whether one should allow slumber parties. Correct. Either in your home or in other people's homes. Yes, don't take this as an endorsement, rather as uh, infotainment. Now, I will say, my experience as uh, in slumber parties varies. Um, usually one-on-one slumber parties were great. Yeah. But as a kid growing up with ADHD, and I did not know it at the time, but uh, there is a thing that is comorbid with uh, ADHD called rejection dysphoria. And that was a thing. Get a bunch of kids together. Uh, they're all laughing and having fun. And just there's a part of my brain that was like, the reason they're laughing is you. And so that would often make uh, summer parties a little tense for me, but always my own fault. That and also <laughs> I have a clear memory. <laughs> it was like my friend Chris... Uh, had like an, an October, late October birthday. So oftentimes his birthday would be like at or around like Halloween was when we would celebrate. Mm-hmm. And one year he did uh, a sleepover for his birthday. And it was also that night my dad was hosting a uh, like horror movie marathon on like one of, we used to have these like public access channels, mm-hmm. uh, children. And it was like <laughs> a haunted drive-in thing was what it was. And he was like this zombie host at this drive-in or whatever. And so we watched it, right? Cause it's my dad and it included Nightmare on Elm Street 3. Um, which gave me nightmares for the next forever. Oh, so, no. Yes. Once again, my own thing, not inherently a problem with sleepovers. Do um, you have any clear sleepover memories? I have I have a couple. I have one where I believe that it was like, it was like a sleepover birthday party. Mm. Um, but the thing, the thing about me is, and I think that the internet knows, I cannot stay up late. I have yes, never really I never have never been able to stay up late. Not my thing. Not endorsed by me. 
Um, okay. So just even- this morning, Teresa told me that I should go to bed earlier, and I was thinking like, how do you go to bed at eleven? I used to like as a kid be up to like two o'clock watching Vault Disney. I watched a lot of black and white Zorro growing up, and a mm-hmm. lot of uh, like old Kurt Russell Disney movies. Anyways, go on. I have never, never been able to stay up late, mm. um, and so I, you know. It was a lot for me to even, like, I was always the first one to sleep. Mm. It didn't matter if it was at my house or anybody else's house. I have one memory of going to my friend Ingrid's house. And she was one of, I think, how many siblings did she have? No, like eight kids. Wow. Okay. And I I mean, listen, I doubled it, but... After you pass, I would say six. It's just a lot at that point. The answer is how many siblings? A lot. A lot. Um, And I remember being woken up around 2 a.m. because her mother um, was a full-time teacher. And the only time that she felt was appropriate to vacuum was at like 2 a.m. Oh, boy. And I remember that being like my whole thing, like all the next day being like, oh, my God, I can't believe that I was up at 2 a.m. Because this person was vacuuming. Hey, babe. Yes. You're not wrong. That's a wild time to vacuum. Well, the entire house learned to sleep through it. And so that doesn't change the fact that you as a guest are allowed to be like, huh, interesting. But, you know, now being a mom, I get it. I get it. If you want to have a clean house and you have eight children and a full-time job, sometimes you got to fit it in where you're going to fit it in. Okay. Yeah, you know what? When you put it that way. So I can't even begin to imagine where the history of slumber parties begins. Well, um, sleeping over really is age-old, right? Yeah. Um, Back when, you know, communities had longhouses or, or, you know, there was, like, family dwellings and things like that. But what we're Also, people used to live a lot closer to each other, so it was a lot like you could yell out the window, like, hey, is my son at your house? (laughs) Okay, cool, 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 great. Uh, Let's narrow in specifically to the cultural phenomenon of slumber parties, right? Okay. Not just people staying at your home, guests sleeping it, in your guest room, things like that. We're going to zero in on slumber parties. And it actually is quite a relatively new concept. I'm going to guess 1875, later? 20th century. Whoa! Okay. Um, and probably because of post-World War II Suburban sprawl. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because you're going to be spread out a lot more. And the idea of, like, if I'm going to bring my kid over, uh, I'm not coming to pick him up. They're staying there. I'm not driving all the way back here. Are you kidding me? Not just that. Also, uh, during the 50s and 60s, when these large new houses were being made, children had their own rooms for the first time. Oh. So it wasn't uncommon to have a nursery, right, for the youngest children. But then... Sharing rooms was very common, especially among, uh, you know, specific socioeconomic status people, yeah. right? Um, there just and, wasn't oh, and a also, lot of room. Yeah, before that, even before, without bedrooms, like, 
living spaces were a lot more confined. And in like the 40s and 50s and 60s, they started to have like larger living rooms and more of that communal space. Where if you look at houses built in like 1890 to like 1920, it was very like, here is a hallway, here is a room, here is a hallway, here is a room, here is a, you know. And now in the 40s and 50s, we started to get into that mid-century modern feel of a lot less walls and a lot more flow. Right. And kids started to have their own bedrooms. Sure. Um, because in, you know, like a sub- in a suburb, the houses are built to have, you know, three and a half bedrooms instead of two bedrooms and, and a child bedroom. And you're more likely to have a backyard that you can kick the kids out into to be like, please, please just go out there. <laughs> please just run in circles out there instead of in here where the vases are. That's true. Um, and this is supported by Paula Fass, who is a professor at the University of California, Berkeley, um, and the editor of the Encyclopedia of Children and Childhood, um, believing that because children had their own bedrooms, this is when the the culture decided, well, I mean, they can have their own party. They, can ha- they have their own space. Yeah. Plus, I also bet that there was a bit of a discussion amongst parents of like, wait, this works out great. Because we could take turns doing this and like a Saturday night a month, only one of us has to worry. It's like shared babysitting. It is you a You know, little where bit. it's just like on that Saturday night, we know that kid is with you and we trust you and we're going to see the movies. So now, um, you know, towards towards the late 70s, early 80s, what started happening was not only were teenagers, kids wanting to sleep over. They wanted to have parties like they had in the movies. Oh, yeah, yeah, right? yeah. Uh, so it was like this fun and mystical adventure, uh, your best friends all hanging out all night, eating and gossiping. Playing and, with like, the Ouija board, doing sure, lies of feathers, stiff as a board, sure. so, sacrificing goats. So by the 80s, this was such a staple in, in the media that, you know, Professor Fast said you had to have a sleepover, otherwise your parents were oppressing you, right? Mm-hmm. Everybody me- was doing it except for me. Now, I mentioned sacrificing goats there, and we just moved right past that. Oh, I wasn't listening. Okay, great. Um, some very iconic slumber parties in the media. We've got things like uh, Grease. Of course, right? yes. There's 13 going on 30. There's even a movie called The Sleepover. You know, there's there's slumber parties in Gossip Girl. And, like, it just feels like this is one thing that every teenager got to do. Now, there is another side of this, though, too, which I want to touch on when we talk about sleepovers in the media. Do you know another area that like of movies that predominantly features like sleepovers and sleeping away horror movies horror movies correct because it is that feeling that we've talked about of like when my kids go off right who knows what's happening and it is a thing i'll tell you now uh you know bb has started kindergarten and this feeling of like who knows who knows what's happening right and then to have (laughs) like movie makers be like i think we can play on that let's Yeah, in the mid-90s, we got into, like, the whole stranger danger idea. And like you said, that also starts to, you start to see that in pop culture and media. Well, I joked about, like, Lies of Feathers, if it was a board and Ouija board and stuff, but satanic panic in the 80s into the 90s of, Mm -hmm. like, who knows what kids are getting up to at these slumber parties, contacting the devil and saying Bloody Mary into the mirror and all the, like, it was a thing that, like, 
their pop culture played on that as well. It played on giving it's, it to young people of like how cool does this seem and to old people like scary stuff, mm-hmm. huh? It's 10 p.m. Do you know where your children are? Exactly. And also the other thing that we see in media is like, well, kids will say they're sleeping over at their friend's house so that they can sneak out and go to a concert or to go over and see their boyfriend. Once again, it's this this, this thing of we see both sides of it right. portrayed in the media. And no wonder now in 2022, it's like such a, oh no, I remember when I was a kid and I went to sleepovers. And because as you said, this is just now occurring to me, it is such a relatively new thing that what we're seeing now is like, so if a kid had a sleepover in the 60s, right? Then they in like the 80s and 90s had kids and were like, oh man, no, like satanic (laughs) panic. I know what that got up to. I don't trust it. It's even worse now than it was before. And then those kids that like had sleepovers in the 80s and 90s are now parents are like, no, no way. No, 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 no way, dude. Um, so let's let's go over if sleeping over uh, as an adult is something that you are going to allow your children to do. There are some etiquette points I'd like to go over. Yes. And I think we should definitely do that. But first, how about a word from other Max Fun shows? Hi everyone, I'm Anna McLeod. And I'm Alexis B. Preston. And we host a show called Comfort Creatures, the show for every animal lover, be it a creature of scales, six legs, fur, feathers, or fiction. Comfort Creatures is a show for people who prefer their friends to have paws instead of hands. Unless they are raccoon hands, that is okay. That is absolutely okay, yeah. Yes. Every Thursday, we will be talking to guests about their pets, learning about pets in history, art, and even fiction. Plus, we'll discover differences between pet ownership across the pond. It's going to be a hoot on Maximum Fun. Hi, everybody. My name is Justin Mackerel. And I'm Sydney McRoy. Dr. Sydney McRoy. That, that is true. It's important in this context because we host a medical history podcast called Sawbones. Oh, I thought we were going to, we should have worked on that. Sawbones. Sawbones isn't afraid to ask the hard hitting questions like, are vaccines as safe and reliable as they want us to believe? Yes. Do I have to get a flu shot? Yes. Uh, okay. Is science a miracle? No. We have a lot of great history for you and a lot of laughs. And sometimes the history is so bad that there's no laughs. But you'll learn something. You'll feel something. And it's always Sawbones. That's right. Every week on MaximumFun.org. Now, listen, I, okay, before we get started, I was thinking about this and I looked through the questions people got asked. And I'm going to make a prediction now that a lot of these etiquette things, or at least there's a parent feeling comfortable sending your kid, whatever. Is can be summed up as like preparation. Right? Absolutely, okay. preparation, setting expectations, trusting your gut. Right. Right. Um, I would not feel comfortable sending my child to sleep over at a place where I had never been. Yeah. I would want to have visited that parent's home. I would also want to, my personal opinion, uh, make sure that any firearms in the home were uh, locked away or, you know, not present. Well, and also we have, like, BB has an allergy, right? We want to talk to him about that, right? right? And and I would expect the same in reverse. If someone's coming to spend over here, 
I would expect them to ask me questions and stuff, and I wouldn't be upset by that. So I think that is kind of etiquette number one. Yeah. Don't be afraid. We talk a lot about, like, asking for what you need. Mm-hmm. I think especially as a parent sending your kid over or having a kid come over to your house, asking for what you need or asking for what they need, rule number one. Yeah, exactly. Um, and trust your gut about that. You know, that's all I can say. Um, also, so... Uh, Talking to the child is also as important, letting them, you know, know that, uh, you know, that you expect them to complete their nighttime routine or maybe um, go over what might happen where like, okay, normally you sleep in a bed, but this is going to be like a sleeping bag and, you know, get out the sleeping bag, let them figure out how to open it up or put it away or do all that kind of stuff. Like do a little rundown for them so they know what to expect as well. There is uh, some really good Daniel Tigers about that. Absolutely. Find out what's different and what's the same. We're yeah, getting... Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, Dottie is now uh, almost three. So we are getting right back into that Daniel Tiger. It's Love so it. good, man. Oh, my God. Dana. And new Bluey. Oh, what a time to be alive. In the same vein, make sure that you either write down your phone number or that your kid knows your phone number. So if anything makes them uncomfortable, they can contact you and you can come and get it. And do also not feel bad if you have to pick up your child, even if nothing went wrong. Yeah. Even if it's like, I mean, if I had felt like I <laughs> was not going to sleep that night, I would probably have called my parents. Yeah. I never seemed to learn that lesson, and I was just a terror the next day because I was so tired. Um, but if you want your child to experience the fun of a sleepover, but you want to come pick them up at midnight, I not, think that's A-OK. Not a lot of interesting stuff happens. Uh, once everybody's asleep. So you could just do like, all right, once everybody starts going to sleep, I'll come get you, and then I can bring you back in the morning if you'd like. And sure. And, you know, empower your child to make decisions like that. Yeah, and, you know, let them know that you'll come and get them no matter what, anytime. Um, and also, in the same vein, talk to your child about what may be different at this person's house, right? Um, how to behave politely. Um, I <laughs> I remember... One morning waking up and we had donuts for breakfast. They allowed me to pick a donut. I picked a donut that I thought I would like, took one bite, decided, nope, don't like it. I was too afraid to say to those parents that I don't like this donut. But you know what I did? I ate all the icing off the top of the donut. And then when they said, you didn't finish your donut, I said, I don't like it. And then they said, well, you just ate all the icing. Now nobody else can eat it either. Yeah. <laughs> um. I, I also think, uh, to jump back real quick, because this just occurred to me, if uh, I'd, if a child is, you know, makes a new friend or whatever and there's talk of a sleepover, I think it's reasonable to say, like, well, how about we have a play date over there first, right? Sure, absolutely. So the kid can go over during the daylight hours, spend some time there, you know, you can go over and hang out too. So it's also not the child's first time going to the house. It's like when the sleepover happens, because then where's the bathroom might give them anxiety or is there a dog that they might not, you know, maybe they're uncomfortable around animals or whatever, all that stuff. Absolutely. Um, and so if the sleepover is taking place at your home, um, make sure you talk to the parents of the kids that are coming over and make sure you have the contact information of all the other guardians. Right. Mm -hmm. And it's important to talk about the rules at your home uh, once the kids get there. If you're a no shoes house, 
let everybody know. Yeah. Right. That kind of stuff. It's very easy to take for granted um, that, you know, your house has these rules, but other homes have different rules. Um, And I would suggest that when the kids arrive, do a little house tour. Right. Make sure they know where the kitchen is, what food is available to eat, um, where you keep glasses, how to get a drink if they want one, where the bathroom is, uh, you know. We have an alarm in our home. Make sure they know that if the alarm is on, how to tell that the alarm oh, is on. Oh, man, that happened to me one time where I was staying with my cousins. Uh, and I was, like, in college. But uh, I had cousins who lived in Oklahoma, so I was staying with them once. And mm-hmm. uh, it was, like, pretty warm in my room. And I didn't want to ask them to, like, adjust the whole thermostat for me. And it was, like, November. So, like, I just went to open the window. Oh, and, and there the was alarm. an alarm on the window. And I just remember, like, my – basically, I think it was, like, my – dad's cousin so my second I don't know but like my uncle standing there like in his boxers and teacher like yeah we have an alarm by the way and I was like (laughs) ah cool man thanks so go over that kind of stuff and a good this is a good opportunity to also show them their designated sleepover area yeah um I remember when I had friends over my mom very specifically would situate our sleeping bags so that our heads were together so that we weren't talking across the room. Mm. If we wanted to like do like talking and games and stuff, we would be very like centrally located. Also, mom and dad, why did you guys put us in the living room directly underneath your bedroom? Uh, why did you do that? We'll never know. I would not do that. <laughs> um, let them know if you have extra blankets or pillows or things like that. Not everybody has a sleeping bag. Um But also, you know, don't feel like you have to schedule everything. Kids are great at finding stuff to do. You can uh, supervise, not tyrannize. Ooh, I like that. uh, Yeah, thanks, Alex. She wrote that. Just just do the best you can to treat those kids like you would want your kid to be treated. Maybe somebody has bedwetting problems or emotionally they're not ready. Like, you know, let them know that... Everything is cool and you can let them go home or, or whatever. I know I, that this seems this seems pretty like, uh, okay, duh, kind of stuff. But, you well, know. Well, but I, I mean, I think that, you know, empowering a child who comes in your house to, like, ask you for things. Of just be like, if you need anything, like, I'm right here. You can call me. This, like, this is the thing. I'll tell you as uh, a kid now into an adult with plenty of anxiety, right? Mm-hmm. One of One of my, like, big anxiety kind of uh, cycles, one of the things that often triggers my anxiety is when I don't know how a process works, when right. I don't know, like, oh, do I ask them about that? Oh, what do they do when it's time for that, right? That kind of thing always makes me a little bit anxious because I'm so afraid of getting it wrong or, like, asking a dumb question or whatever. And so saying to a kid, like, and this is how this works, and if you need anything, I will be over here, and you can come ask me for this, and then you can call me this, right? And answer questions preemptively empowers the child to, like, not be nervous about asking you for things. Where if you Mm -hmm. said, if you get anxious, if you get nervous, if you want to call your parents the phone is over here or you can ask me and I'll take care of it or whatever. So that way they don't have to broach the subject. Right. And I would suggest just putting it out there. You're probably not going to get much sleep. Yeah. You know, <laughs> it's it might be loud even if you designate like a lights off time. Um, you know, we've, you know, we keep saying that, you know, be available should any need arise to take people home or call home or whatever. Get some good coffee. 
you're probably not going to sleep either. Now, I have some questions here. May we dive into them? Absolutely. Okay, great. Thank you. Um, This question is from uh, Tensei. How old is too old to host a slumber party? Asking for a 33-year-old child. Oh, um, host a slumber party. I don't know. No. I don't, I don't think that they're, if people are willing to come sleep over and party, seems fine to me. I think, so I, I want to remove stigma from it because I don't think it's about an age thing, right? I think about this a lot, right? Because I have friends um, that I'm very close with and the idea of saying like, do you want to sleep in my house? Is like, here's the thing. I think the reason slumber parties represent such an amazing opportunity for kids is the freedom, right? We get to see each other at dark, right? We get to make the plans. We get to hang out a long time. You don't have to go home at the end of the day and that's always the worst, right? But when you're an adult, you have so much other freedom where it's like, we can drive anywhere to go see a thing or like we have money to order our own food, whatever we want. And so oftentimes the thing you really love as an adult is the freedom to go to bed whenever you want. Yeah. Um, And so I think that (laughs) the thing to keep in mind if you want to plan an adult slumber party is that it's an expectation thing is you might have friends that if you're like, do you want to spend the night? And they say no. It might be because they're like me and it's already hard enough for them to fall asleep in their own bed. Or it might be because they're like me and they go to bed at 10. (laughs) Right. I don't think that I think it's perfectly fine to you know, uh, suggest anything, especially if it's like we're going to have a New Year's Eve party, right, where it's a a thing centered around drinking. And so at the end of the day, uh, I don't want anyone to drive home drunk. So anybody is welcome to stay here if they wish. We've made up the guest bedroom or we have sleeping bed or whatever. Right. And it's also about just like everybody should be able to relax and unwind in whatever way they want to without having to worry about driving home at the end of the night. Uh, Izzy Butt asks, what's the etiquette on pranking? Ooh, uh, I would say golden rule all the way. Treat others how you want to be treated. If y'all are all okay with pranks, go ahead and have fun. But if there's even one person who's like, "Uh, that doesn't really sound like a good time, you can't. Yeah. You just can't. I think it's an expectation thing, right? And once again, man, this is, it gets a little tricky because I don't think you can just take yes or no for if you're like, or I don't think you can just take yes for an answer is what I mean, right? If someone, if you're like, are you comfortable with pranking? And they're like, oh, yeah, right? Then, like, that's not enthusiastic consent right there. You know, it's just like, you know what? I know that Travis is a little anxious about this and worse sometimes that it doesn't fit in. Make sure that whatever you're doing is, like, it's only, you know, if you're the host, say, like, it's only fun if nobody's feelings get hurt. So any of the pranks are, like, completely silly based and not trying to embarrass anyone or anything like that. Yeah. Um... And I mean, I think that this this is all about what kind of pranks are there, right? Like the whole sticking someone's hand in the water is great. It, it's it's great on TV, but it never works. It doesn't work either. You yeah. always spill the water or the person wakes up when you're trying to move them or anything like that. And then another one that was common for, um, for my age group was uh, trying to like put something on their face, right? Like shaving cream or toothpaste or whatever. And then you it, you kind of like tickle or them you put, or you something. Put it in their hand. You put them on their hand. That's yeah. right. And then you tickle their face. Right. Like with a feather, right? Um I don't I don't know if I like that. That makes kind of a big mess and it also really never works. I am specifically against Sharpie on skin. Yeah. Specifically against that. I'm a bigger fan rather than pranks, like a silly game, you know, that's like 
uh, whenever somebody says this, we all have to do this throughout the course of the night. Oh, right? <laughs> like the secret word. Sure. Something like that, <laughs> I think, is a similar vibe, but everyone's involved. Yeah, you know that's what I mean? a great idea. I think stuff like that. Um, Megan asks, as the kid who always woke up first, what is the etiquette for getting up? Oh, man. I think that... As a kid, I never woke up first. I was always asleep. And I didn't want to be woken up. I didn't like it. (laughs) That doesn't surprise me at all. (laughs) I think you have to find something quiet to do. Yeah, I think, once again, I know myself. I know that I'm the kind of person, even now, that if I wake up and I don't immediately fall back asleep, I'm up. You Mm -hmm. know what I mean? So you could bring a book with you. You could bring headphones and, you know, a tablet or whatever, you know. And once again, this is setting yourself up for success. Like, the, I, you know, we had a bunch of people ask, like, what if you're the host and you want to fall asleep first? Or what if you're the host and everybody needs to leave at a certain time the next day? You tell them, right? Or you say, like, what if you're the host and everyone's up before you? Then you say, like, hey, if you guys uh, get up before me, I tend to sleep late. Feel free to go in the kitchen and grab, you know, some fruit off the platter or have a bowl of cereal or whatever. Or everyone can go downstairs and watch TV and I'm going to keep sleeping or whatever. And so that way there's not any confusion mm-hmm. when it's just like, oh, and you don't have to say the like, well, looks like getting pretty late this morning, <laughs> right? All of that stuff, I think, is just stuff that you can like touch on ahead of time to make sure everybody knows the plan. Right. I like a plan. It makes me happy. Um, let's see. How much planning, this is from Curly Olson, how much planning should be done? Should I choose the movies and games beforehand? I personally like to have a selection of things. I think that's it. Have a couple choices that you're, you'd are you be okay with. Um, and, you know, respect the majority rule. I remember I went to a sleepover birthday party for a friend whose birthday happened to be Halloween-ish as well. Um, I think her birthday is actually on Halloween. Anyway, um, it was kind of a tradition that it would be a scary movie that we would watch. I'm not into that. Um, So even then, was not into that. I remember it wasn't even super scary. What's a? It was like Halloween Town. No, it was like peanut peanut butter solution. Oh no, peanut butter solution's messed up. Kids' hair keeps growing. What? (laughs) Weird. I was I was weirded out. So I left the room and I went upstairs. I think and I like hung out with their mom or something. Right, but that's me. I didn't say no. We can't watch that movie because I'm a scaredy cat. Even though I am, there was Nike. I understood that the majority of people wanted to watch it, and that's what they chose. So I don't want to watch it. So I left. (laughs) Came Uh, back later. It seemed fine. uh, Our last question here. uh, On behalf of an 11-year-old daughter, Kate Kallmeyer asks, what should you wear to sleep? Um, I would say, I mean, definitely be comfortable, but also don't feel like you have to wear, like, I don't know, like those matching PJ sets or whatever, right? Like, I would probably just me make sure uh, it is like a shirt pant thing where I'm not going to be too hot, not going to be too cold, something I'm comfortable, uh, something I'm comfortable wearing around people. Like, because here's the thing, right, parents? I don't know if you guys do this, but BB is five now, and we still have some like pajamas that are like 4T that basically fit, you know what I mean? 
Like, I probably wouldn't send her in those. I would send her in the clothes that, like, actually fit and look a little new, right? That's just me. But I wouldn't feel pressure to go out and buy, like, brand new PJs or whatever. Um, I think that as long as you are comfortable and you can move, because I'm thinking about sometimes the girls like to wear, like, nightgowns and Mm -hmm. stuff. I don't think that I would send someone in a nightgown that didn't have, like, shorties underneath. Yeah. You know, just Just because you know what game. I mean, you don't know what games you're going to play. Maybe you're playing Twister and you don't want the. Your butt in someone's face. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. All right. Well, that's going to do it for us. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you to Alex, our researcher, without whom we would not be able to make this show. Thank you to Rachel, our editor, without whom we would not be able to make the show. And thank you to you, the listener. We could make the show without you. But why? But why? Thank you to MaximumFun.org, our podcast home. Check out all the other amazing shows there. Thank you to my family for being my family and having great <laughs> shows. You can check them all out at McElroy.family. Um, you can check out all the new and pre-existing amazing merch at macroymerch.com. There's a lot of cool stuff there. Uh, what else, Teresa? Oh, wait. Oh, I wanted to say that if any, any young ones are listening, help clean up. That's a great way to get another slumber party. That's true. Thank you to Brent, Brentel Floss Black, for writing our theme music, which is available as a ringtone where those are found. Thank you to Kayla M. Wassel for our Twitter thumbnail art. That's at SchmannersCast, and that's where we get a lot of our great listener-submitted questions. Thank you to Bruja Betty Pennant Photography for the cover picture of our fan-run Facebook group, Schmanners Fanners. If you love to give and get excellent advice from other fans, go ahead and join that group today. Uh, you can... Submit your topic suggestions and your idioms. We're compiling another one as we speak, another idioms episode, uh, to schmannerscast at gmail.com. And say hi to Alex because she reads every single email. And that's going to do it for us. So join us again next week. No RSVP required. You've been listening to Schmanners. Schmanners, Schmanners. Get it? MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Audience supported.